Hey, Lore Party listeners, my name's Abu, and I'm a producer here on the network. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about Winds Howling, our podcast all about the Witcher TV show on Netflix. I don't know about you, but I love listening to podcasts about my favorite TV shows. It's great to listen to other people who are just as excited about a show as I am. These podcasts give me new perspective and a greater appreciation for the show I already enjoy. So that's where Winds Howling comes in. My co-host Brett and I love The Witcher, and we want Winds Howling to be your companion podcast to the Netflix show. We'll be diving deep into every single episode of the TV show and exploring the larger context of the story from the games and novels. And don't worry, the podcast is accessible to both longtime Witcher fans and newcomers. You can find Winds Howling on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everything in between. If you want to learn more, visit loreparty.com. I hope to see you on the path. Today on the show, we're talking about clones. Welcome to Lore Party. I'm your host, Connor. Hey, I'm Connor too. And I'm Connor. I'm also Connor. We're all Connor. Jaden, what did you do? Okay, look, Connor said he wasn't available to record, so I got some of his hair and I cloned him. Might have gotten a little carried away. Uh, but don't worry, I can fix it. Ah, that's better. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm your host, Connor. And I'm Kevin. And I'm Jaden, and the charges will never stick. <laughs> oh, th- don't worry, Jaden. Those weren't actually me. Uh, th- none of that will stick in court. You got exactly. to worry about. They're just clones. They're not people, <laughs> right? Well, I don't know. That's a good question. That's what we're here to talk about. We're uh, we're looking at clones specifically in the Star Wars setting. Uh, I think it's safe to say, in a lot of ways, clones have really made the Star Wars universe go round. They're a big part of so many of the story elements and so many of the major plot lines. Uh, and we're gonna dive into them today. Let's uh, I mean, let's break it down. We've got, of course, I think the big one: the Grand Army of the Republic, Episode Two, Attack of the Clones. It's all about an army of identical, faceless troopers, all produced from the DNA of one man, Jango Fett. At least that was the original intention. But uh, over the course of the Clone Wars, each clone seems to change their form and their character a little bit as the show of the Clone Wars goes on. We get to see the each individual clone trooper kind of have their own, you know, nice uh, tattoo or hair color or hairstyle or goatee. So the individuality does kind of appear uh, sort of towards the end of the Clone Wars. So everybody in the Star Wars universe, or at least those who follow it, knows about the movie. I mean, it's in the title, The Clone Wars. We know this movie. Most people do. And this is probably the most well-known use of clones in the Star Wars universe. Obviously, we're not here to talk major movies and stuff here. We're here to talk about games. But just to give a little quick background on the whole cloning situation in Star Wars is there's a lot of different types of clones, and that's what we're going to get into. Um, Yeah, so these clones for the Republic, we got our bounty hunter, we cloned him, we made a bunch of them, 
and you have an entire army of the same dude. But just like Jaden just said, they all of a sudden, they're not the same. They were all raised the same, grown the same. That sounds really weird to say. Grown the same. But then all of a sudden, when you put them out in the real world, that like nature versus nurture or whatever, you know, that that all changes the whole environmental thing. They start all of a sudden becoming their own person and individual. That's right. And we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that. That's a really interesting phenomenon that you see in both the games and the movies and the cartoons. Uh, so let's, let's take a closer look at the people who do the cloning, though, the Kaminoans. Uh, this is a, a really interesting society when you get a good look at them in the expanded universe or in the second movie. They seem to be a society of dedicated scientists, like their entire civilization is committed to scientific progress and uh, pushing the boundaries of genetic engineering and scientific pursuits over anything else. It almost looks like their main industry, the thing they export to other, other planets, is professional cloning services for whoever pays for it. And actually, in fact, uh, the clone army of the Republic was their first big client. Normally, what they would do is their services were offered to um, rich individuals who wanted to uh, carry on their genetic material but didn't have any children, or there were those who believed that uh, the clone would just be uh, a representation of themselves in the future. It was mostly uh, just small-scale operations. And then they suddenly found this big contract that was like, hey, we want to clone this guy. And they said, okay, how many clones do you want? And they were like, uh, how's three or four million sound? And the, <laughs> A lot. The, Give me a lot. The, the, the Kamoan's eyes, they just went even wider, than bigger than they already were. They're like, oh my God, so much money. They're seeing... Um not dollar signs, but credit but no, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, up until this you know up until this uh point in the Star Wars timeline, the Kaminoans, uh they've basically hit it big here uh Jedi master Siphodius comes along um probably as a puppet of Count Dooku and says, "Hey, I want an army of this one guy, and Kaminoans agree, and it, you gotta wonder like what's their motivation? Is it just for the money? For the challenge, just because they can, because they can prove they can. I feel I feel like for a race like the Kaminoans, it's almost like they're pushing themselves just for, purely for the challenge. I would have to agree with that. I think it's a challenge thing to see how far they can go, but also if they can do it. Like, can we just do it? Like, that's they want to get in this business. Let's see. Here's the best challenge. Your first main order is uh, the biggest one we'll ever get. Well, and the other thing, too, is the person they're cloning, um, and it's a great, it goes back into the nature versus nurture thing. The reason Django Fett uh, was chosen, and this is old EU, mind you, so it might not count anymore because they haven't updated that yet. But the reason he was chosen is because uh, Dooku found out that Django Fett killed uh, four to five Jedi by himself, unarmed. He killed them in hand-to-hand combat while they still had their lightsabers. If that doesn't qualify you for having a, an army based on you genetically, I don't know what does. Yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And another another point to add on to this, during episode two, you actually hear some of the Kaminoans explaining to Obi-Wan Kenobi that they're basically quite proud of this batch of clones. They're, like, they're, they're basically humble bragging, they're boasting a little bit in their very calm, kind of bookish manner, because none of them ever really get excited. But they say like, oh, this this batch is coming out really well. They're, like, they're really proud of themselves. So I think that lends, you know, kind of credibility to th- this is just kind of fun for them. Almost. This is sort of something, this is what they do. It comes naturally to them. 
Well, I would say we've talked a lot about the movies, but let's get into those games. I couldn't agree more. Which game specifically? So there is one game that I will say I will start with saying that I wish it was canon. I wish they would do another one and just make the dang series canon because it's insanely good and super interesting. And the second one specifically is the one we're going to talk about. here. Uh, yes, is- Jedi uh, Star Wars Gungan Zoo Hunter, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Bombad Racing. That's that's what you're going yes, for. Yes, that's what it was. Thank you. <laughs> the Force Unleashed, uh, number two, the second one, is amazing. The whole Force Unleashed series is great, but the Force Unleashed 2, specifically, the entire game basically revolves around the ethics and the question of cloning. Should you do it? Can you do it? Is it possible? Who knows? Can we do this? Is it right? It, the whole entire thing is just one big question. That's right. And, and to take it back a step with, for context, the first Force Unleashed uh, game revolves around a uh, Force-sensitive uh, Jedi, well, Dark Jedi at first, named Galen Merrick, who was kind of kidnapped from childhood from his parents or from his father and raised by Darth Vader as his secret apprentice. We all know that plot thread. But yeah, going from that first game to the second game, Galen Merrick was basically cloned uh, in an attempt to create the perfect dark side apprentice who didn't have free will, couldn't betray or disobey Darth Vader or the emperor. And that clone was codenamed Starkiller. And that, that clone, that character becomes the main character of the force unleashed too. And like Kevin, you said, uh, it really raises really big ethical questions of, you know, you've created a person from another person and this second person, you, you have a purpose in mind for them. You you're you're creating them, bringing them into the world with the expectation that they're going to be a living weapon for you. And that clone, Starkiller, he sort of starts to remember, you know, memories from his past life as Galen Merrick, and he starts to struggle against the clone programming or whatever you know is put in put inside his head artificially, and he tries to become his own person. That's a really big theme in a lot of these clone based stories throughout Star Wars. This idea of personhood and agency. And in this game specifically, there are questions about his own moral compass. Is he the same as Galen Merrick? Is he worse? Is he a, is it, he gets to choose? Does he even have a choice? Can can he cre- think for himself? Um, the biggest thing to to take away from a lot of this, though, is. The fact that there are different types of clones in the Star Wars universe. This one specifically is connected to the original person very, very closely, so much that he has his memories that keep popping up and it causes him to feel the same emotions and the same uh feelings that he that that Galen Merrick himself had. So Star Killer is it's it, it's it's not just are you a genetic copy are you also like a spiritual copy are you the, the the brain itself how much of it is this other person and how much of it is somebody else but then again if we look at episode two of star wars we had a clone that was specifically not raised like the other clones in this same you know unified form they had a clone that was not going to be super growth hormone and all that stuff was raised like a normal person. And did he have, I mean, we don't know if he had his memories or anything like that, but 
it shows like, hey, that's a nature nurture thing, and that's 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 a. I think that's something to look at. Yeah, you raised a really good question about choice as well. Uh, with with Star Killer as a clone of a powerful Jedi, who you know, if we're looking back on the first Force Unleashed game as well, Galen Merrick had a big choice to make toward the end, whether to embrace the light side that was growing within him or fall to the dark side and really give in to his anger and sort of you know choose a path. Uh, Starkiller, his clone, had a really similar choice. So it kind of demonstrates, like, even if you are like a carbon copy or just taken directly from one person's genes and created artificially, you still have that choice to make, whether you're going to go down this one path of of peace and serenity and uh, emotional harmony or go down the path of wrath and and anger and, and uh, hatred. So then I have a question, Jaden, since you're our encyclopedia could you aside from you know galen merrick what other clones of jedi because the whole thing in the game is they explain that you cannot clone a jedi um that's kind of the whole thing around it is you might be able to clone other people but you can't clone a jedi there's something about that force man it just it just makes it say you can't clone a jedi and and like you have yoda saying this and stuff like that so I know you know of other instances. Are there similar instances in like the EU or books or something like that, that, that that's a thing? Absolutely. There is. And actually that causes a bit of a problem for our good friend Yoda and all of his pals in the force unleashed too, because um, there not only have there been several uh, Jedi clonings, there's also been several Sith clonings and even some Jedi turned Sith clonings. Um, dur- even during uh, Yoda's own time, which was of the Clone Wars, there was X1 and X2 from Star Wars, I believe, Renegade Squadron, to Battlefront Renegade Squadron. And then there was even, um, there was an instance where uh, Luke Skywalker himself was cloned in the EU at um, Thrawn's special secret cloning facility, which that was very interesting too, because the the way it's explained in the games and in reading material is that the force cannot be uh, added to a clone, but um, and this goes more deeper into the lore here, so it might be boring, but bear with me. Um, it goes it has to do with metachlorians, that dirty word that fans don't like. But um, I know, I know. But uh, metachlorians uh, may have been uh, inserted into the genetic material or allowed to grow as it, as though they were uh, cells themselves. So the the material was actually able to grow with them. So it's uh, it's not impossible. I don't know why they chose to do in this game uh, to say that you well, you couldn't clone Jedi when there was countless other materials much older, but that tends to go back to the old EU being very messy in terms of its canon. So then I have a question for both of you. What do you feel about the whole creating a clone as like almost like a shortcut in the Sith like mindset. Cause that's kind of what it is where grow them fast, test them out. Let's go. Come on. I need to get this going. You know, it's almost like a, a shortcut to power. What do you, how I'm curious how you guys feel about that. That's a, that's a great question. Um, I really, well, I, I think it's really interesting that the Sith mindset, the kind of the Sith code is all about just advancing yourself, removing all barriers in your way and achieving strength, no matter the cost. And that leaves a that, that leaves a lot of room for interpretation, but it's really easy to see how someone could take that Sith code, that mindset, and think human life is of no consequence when it comes to my quest for power. So 
you can treat a clone army of a bounty hunter. These are, these are men though. These are living human beings. They were raised to be soldiers, but they are still flesh and blood with their own minds and personalities as we've seen. And you use them as a tool to take over the galaxy. Basically you grow them, you program them with a contingency code that makes them kill their Jedi commanders and bingo, bango, you're in charge of the galaxy. That is such a Sith move where it's like, Oh, it's, it's perfect. You create two, uh, you create, you create an army of disposable clones to fight an army of disposable droids. You are, uh, Palpatine super smart. He actually managed to pacify the entire galaxy, but, all, but not even lose that many people. Right. You know, the grand scale things, because there were no, you know, there was a couple of clone, you know, a couple of militias from some worlds that couldn't afford clones or droids. But other than that, it was majority of the casualties were just disposable people that no one, no one, no one would write letters. You know, my son died in the war because that son didn't go to war in the first place. That's a great way to put it. Taking a shortcut to power. That's absolutely a Sith thing to do. Um, And these are human lives you're throwing away, but you know that no one will miss them and you could not care less about them. So it's, um, it's a very clean uh, way to get what you want in a lot of ways. Okay. So we talked about how clones kind of become their own person, whether it's a nature nurture thing in terms of the um, Republic clones. So let's look at like the whole thing of them almost becoming self-aware. Like that's kind of what it is, right? Like they're just becoming self-aware to their own person because star killer i feel like is the biggest difference in all this because the republic clones like those guys were originally carbon copies they were exactly the same they were raised in combats from growth or whatever you want to call it like they were the whole thing was like they were exactly the same and then they went into combat in the real world they joined up with jedi and other people who were in the republic's army and they all started becoming their own person that's clearly an example of the whole nature uh versus nurture thing because that's what it is they are literally molded and then let out into the whole into the elements of the world if you will and then they become their own and that's really cool and all that's a perfect example of it but when it comes to star killer he's completely different he has the memories of the original person. He, most of the game, thinks he's the original person. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's got flashbacks. He's got questions of like, well, I don't believe Darth Vader. He's an asshole. I don't believe that I'm a clone. He's full of shit. I'm the real uh, Galen Merrick. Like, he doesn't know. So let's talk about him. What do you guys think of that? Like the whole him coming to realize and become his own person. I really latch on to and really appreciate uh this one moment in the force unleashed 2 where uh star killer who like you mentioned kevin he thinks he is the original galen merrick at this point but he meets up with uh, a jedi master named rom coda who's a character from the first force unleashed and master coda thinks that uh well he realizes that star killer is not the original galen merrick and sort of breaks it to him or explains it to him but he still thinks that star killer has the potential within him to be the hero that Galen Merrick was because in the original force unleashed at the end, the good, the good ending, which is considered kind of canon within those games, Galen Merrick sacrifices his life to save, uh, Bail Organa and Mon Mothma and Garm Bail Iblis, the, the original leaders of the rebel Alliance. And that costs him his life, but it basically allows the rebellion to begin. 
and Rom Kota believes that Starkiller can be that hero again. But Starkiller, you know, knowing that he is not the original Galen Merrick, he kind of has a crisis of crisis of identity almost where it's he's like, I, I'm not him. I think those three little words, I'm not him, are so profound because this is a genetic copy, a clone, but a Jedi though, so a force sensitive, powerful force sensitive person kind of realizing I'm not who I thought I was. I'm not who you think I can be. But later on in that game, if you choose a good ending again in Force Unleashed 2, Starkiller does sort of demonstrate that you can rise above your circumstances if you make the decision to. And I think that's a really profound kind of story arc that a clone of a Jedi can take and really become his own person. I would absolutely agree with that. I think that um, the the fact that he has the shadow memories, um, they kind of are able to form him into a person who is the same, but at the same time different from the original Galen Merrick. I think those, I think, you know, he's, it's one of, it's one of those, it's a classic trope of the hero's journey where the hero comes back, but he is forever changed. Uh, and this character isn't changed, but in a completely different way. I find it really interesting. The fact that he starts out basically Galen Merrick, but then turning into a completely different person. It's weird. It's not like a blank slate thing. He's, essentially this person and then all of a sudden it's like a complete 180 to a different person he has a template do you know what i mean like he has a template to build off of all right we're going to keep this conversation going but first a quick break hey lore party listeners this is lawrence one of the producers here on the show I'm dropping in to talk about some of the amazing content that the team has developed and that you're obviously aware of seeing as you've made it this far into this amazing episode. I would encourage you to scroll through the rest of the feed and check out some of our spinoff podcasts as well. Our episodes are easy to follow and may even inspire your next video game purchase, which is why I'm pretty much addicted to Stardew Valley. Anyways, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and chat with us on social. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. I believe it is also hinted in a bunch of other Star Wars games, but also in Force Unleashed 2, specifically, I believe, that Palpatine also knew about the clones. He's got his own idea with clones. So the clone that you're referring to is actually uh, the return of the emperor in the Dark Empire series of comic books. Um, In the old EU, Palpatine got cloned a lot. And he was actually able to use a mixture of the Force and ancient Sith artifacts to transfer his full consciousness from his dying body into a new body. And he would do this multiple times. he even actually used his powers uh, to convince Luke to join the dark side. And Luke ended up becoming a dark side apprentice to him. And it is, it, it's uh, the thing that always escaped me is why he kept uh, cloning himself into an old ass wrinkly man body. Why not just get your, why not get your hot young body that you used to have? But no, he wanted the ugly old wrinkly one, I guess. Yeah. Give me a, uh, give me young Ian McDermott any day. 
I would right? I would take that body any day. I want to like be you know what you that. look like, young. Just do it. You have your powers still. Well, now here's my question about this though. This blank slate thing. What do you guys think of that? Is the, is there a potential for those clones to become self aware, no. or are they literally just that a blank slate? There are several ways that clones are created in the Star Wars universe, and depending on what method you use, that uh, gives you a different kind of clone. Obviously, um, the way that Palpatine specifically did it is he used a uh, a combination of dark side artifacts and also his his own power in the Force itself to project himself into what was essentially just a blank slab. It was just a bunch of flesh in a tube, which is much different than the other way that uh, clones were made, like the Kaminoans who had to clone theirs. It took them, you know, it would take them a while to grow their clones because they even say that in the movie. But then there's Thrawn's clone army, which he was able to grow in three months. He was able to make a full-grown adult in three months. And those guys were very interesting because they were pretty much blank slates themselves, but they were blank slates that had the rudimentary skills and knowledge of who they were cloned from. So they And they were completely cut off from the Force. They set up the Yosalamiri to block the Force out of them, so they were literally just demons. Like They were just not creatures of the Force at that point. They were monsters. So then I have a question for you guys. Yes. I'll 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 answer it last, but I'm curious um everybody in the Star Wars universe, even in the games and everything, they all ask it's, it, it they definitely talk about it a lot in Force Unleashed is the ethics behind cloning. Not a lot of people are into cloning. They they see it as I don't want to say abomination, but they they do not respect it. They see it as a problem um what do you guys think do you think like these clones for instance are as powerful as the originals do you think they you know is it is it right to to do this let me ask you let me ask you a question back kevin uh, is it wrong to clone an organ i see the whole clone thing as more of like it's a consciousness situation um yeah you're you're doing say. a you're doing a being not a piece if that makes sense yeah, mm-hmm. cl- uh, organs don't have self-awareness and they don't have the capacity to gain self-awareness. Um, well, ne- I, well, here, uh, I mean, neither does, well, you see, Palpatine, it, it also depends on the person too, because Palpatine saw those clones as nothing more than an organ that he's regrowing, albeit a very large and wrinkly organ, yeah, but yeah. an organ. But in terms of the whole, like, ethics of cloning a being that has the potential to be self-aware and everything, what do you think? Because I know, Connor, you're, you have something about the whole Palpatine thing. So I'd like to know that as well. I know you have some thoughts about that as well. Sure. So in Palpatine's case, cloning yourself to replace yourself is kind of a different ethical question than it is to say, clone someone else and then treat that clone of that person as another person. Um, Because, you know, when, when you're making a clone that has its own capacity for self-awareness at the end of the day, no way around it you're bringing a life into the world kind of like if you gave birth yourself, like if you had a child naturally, you would still be bringing a person into the world. And I think ethically, just personally for, for me personally, I think you would have a moral responsibility to guide that new life in some way. You'd have to, it's kind of on you ethically to explain their circumstance to them. Like, Hey, hello, it's okay. You're safe. (laughs) You are a clone of this person. Um, but you're also your own person. So do with, do with that what you will. That's kind of like where I stand with it ethically. 
I, I kind of look at it practically too, because it's just, they're just cells. They're just, you know, they're just flesh and blood that you're creating. And if you have the capacity to do so, go ahead as long as you kind of take moral responsibility for the life that you're creating. Uh, in Palpatine's case, though, I don't think any of that is really an issue. I don't think he ever really <laughs> thought of any of that, and especially if he's just creating flesh and blood the, vessels to channel. The thing his you got to remember about through. Palpatine is he's fucking evil. That exactly, yeah, he doesn't <laughs> care. <laughs> None of it matters. He goes. He goes. Should I consider the ethical ramifications of what I'm doing? No, wait, no, I'm evil. Who cares? Again, that, yeah, that keys. just comes back to the Sith code of like that. This that's not an issue because those. You know, I'm just thinking about the obstacles in my way. I'm breaking the chains that bind me, and through my power, through my freedom, I gain strength. And that's that's all. That's what it's all about. I feel as if uh, it it really depends on the cloning that you're talking about. Um, in terms of Palpatine, which is uh, like I said, about high, it's basically a high tech prosthesis. I think cloning is perfectly fine. I think cloning someone and then using them as a slave army, which is in is not even essentially it is absolutely what the clone army of the Republic was, uh, is morally bankrupt. Um, you have the ability to, you're the Republic. You are the biggest governing body in the world. You can hire and train and unleash hordes of soldiers from all over the galaxy of many different races. And you have done that in thousands of years before this. So why the hell would you clone them now? Well, it's because that was part of Palpatine's plan where I remind you, he is fucking evil. So he doesn't care about ethics. In terms of Palpatine, I don't see it as an issue um, because there's, at least in the method of which he creates them, there is no way to have them kind of have their own consciousness. In terms of the whole cloning thing for an army and even Starkiller, I see it as ethically wrong. Because when you clone somebody, uh, I would have to say in our universe as well, but in the Star Wars universe, it is with a purpose. And so far, every single time somebody has been cloned, it is for, I would say, a negative aspect in terms of power, control, um, war. Uh, it's all uh, – no matter what, it's control. That's the biggest thing is they're all their purpose in life these clones is just to be controlled been be told what to do and they don't really have decisions to make but the only clone that i see as i'm cool with you know like i sit here i'm like i like that that's cool i'm into it is boba fett because jango fett decided to clone himself and create Boba Fett, he decided to clone himself and say, I don't want anything done to him. I want him to be as if he's my son. I don't, I want to raise him and I want to, you know, care for him. And it doesn't seem, at least in the movies and even in some of the games, explained like it's not really that. I want to be really sad when I get my head cut off by Mace Windu. All right. You know, yeah. And that's why he had emotions and he felt and he was sad his dad died. Do you know what I mean? It's like right. none of those clones would be pissed off if like one of one of the creators was killed. Like they're like, oh, cool. That computer that used to feed me when I was like two weeks old. Uh, <laughs> dang, it got blown up. Who gives a shit? They're not going to like that's the thing is he has an emotional connection throughout his entire life. 
to his quote-unquote father. And I see that as that was an okay clone. I was well, cool see, with that. I didn't see that as an ethical dilemma. Now, I have to um, I have to kind of contradict you there as well, though. Um, you mentioned that uh, the clones wouldn't care if the feeder got broke or whatever, but actually in an episode or two of The Clone Wars, Kamino comes under direct attack, and the clones are very emotional about this. They say, this is our home. This is where we were born. We were going to defend it. Well, that's different. That's their home, whereas they don't see the machinery as their parents. Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, I the see home, what you're saying, yes. A home is different than what takes care of you, like who takes care of you, what takes care of you. That's the whole, again, bringing it on back to it, nature versus nurture. It, it, that's the whole thing. Like, what do you care about? You would think almost maybe the clones would care about that machine, you know? Like, that's all they've known. You don't know. But mm-hmm. in terms of what we've seen, eh, not really. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Um, I actually have another ethical question that I must pose to the two of you. Um, if you encounter a clone of yourself and you have sex with it, is it sex or masturbation? Okay. <laughs> God damn it. This is not making the cut. Um, I have several, <laughs> several key thoughts about that.